following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on alphageekradio.com. Today on Casually Hardcore, Indiana Jones and the hip replacement of Doom. Twitch TV and a wee nipper sherry. Discount VR. Paramount declares kapla. In copyright suit. The tick, but not the tick you expected. More streaming video services. Yay? X-Men Apocalypses. Apocalypse. Apocalypses. All this and more on this episode of Casually Hardcore. For Thursday the 17th of frickin' March 2016, this is Casually Hardcore and I am Gnomewise. I am Daxa. And I am Grail. Welcome to our little neck of the woods. And now, I got to bring up real quick here. Oh, Grail with the immediate derail. Do go on. Why Why is it that our intro order is always Gnome, Daxa, me, but our reading the titles order is Gnome, me, Daxa? That like throws me off every time. We can switch it up if it bothers you. It doesn't matter Take to that me. up with your wife. <laughs> There's a lack of feng shui here. Oh, There's whatever. no shui in our feng. Our feng no. is, is completely non-functional. Our mm. feng is very shui. Okay. You got there your you shui go. in my feng, dude. Okay. <laughs> right. Just scrub that feng off already. Okay. <laughs> only I had only... once, but I just got a cream. Ugh. <laughs> I got an ointment. It's, it just, it just, ugh, it was worse yeah. than the fung was. <laughs> ah, that's how we roll here, ladies and gentlemen, because reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why we keep showing up for this, because we get to talk about fung. That's right. And shui. Yeah, shui is less interesting. Fung, I'm all, I'm all about that fung. Out that fung. No shui. <laughs> and we have the title for the episode already. Oh, yep. We're not geez. two minutes in, and we have the title for the episode. <laughs> I am professional. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I digress. Uh, we have things on which to ponder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let us dive right into it. So, in the week of nerd news and genre entertainment, um, I guess... Nuking the fridge was not sufficient. Yeah. Mm. I smell a backdoor reboot of franchise coming in 2019 if the principals involved live that long. I'm looking at you, Harrison Ford, what almost died on the set of The Force Awakens. Uh, yeah. So Steven Spielberg, actually, what? Oh, the character. (laughs) Spoiler alert. 
the actor oh, was merely the, the actor was merely badly. I know the freaking video on demand is coming out in less than a month. So yeah, yeah. If, if you haven't, if you been haven't paying seen it by now, we have that. no pity for you. Uh, Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford have announced yet another Indiana Jones film for 2019. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not uh, exactly thrilled about this one. I, I have the feeling this feels more like, hey, Han Solo was really popular. Yeah. Maybe I could still do an action film. Hey. <laughs> oh, my leg. Yeah. Oh, my knee replacement. Yeah. Um, I, I'm assuming this is going to be some kind of passing of the torch to a Chris Pratt style successor. So they can revive the franchise and cha-ching. Yeah. Didn't they try to do that last time, though? Yeah, that will. That's yeah, but that was Shia freaking boof. Yeah, Naboo. I'm just saying. And they, they named, tried it; it didn't work. They named his character Mutt. Okay. Yeah. Crack smoking addicts is. It what was a. Uh, <laughs> it was a terrible movie. It I was mean, a terrible. Yeah, movie. it really. It was just terrible. Like. At least Temple of Doom was like so over the top that there's still things you can quote from there and mm. some funny things you can remember. Like that movie, other than the fridge, just kind of epitomizing how terrible it was. <laughs> that's really the only thing I really remember from. The, I think somebody got ate by ants too. Yeah, there were there were mega ants. Yeah, and it's the only Indiana Jones movie I only saw once in the theater and That's it. never have watched again yeah I really have had no real interest in revisiting that one um, no. the funny I, thing is the article that we're you know talking about actually says here's hoping that number five is just as epic as the last four films oof. which just tells us that the author was on the same crack <laughs> yeah. it was epic it, it apparently it, it, it was really terrible shit so I guess that does still fit. But funny enough, at the end of the article, it does mention that uh, they, uh, although there's been rumors that Indiana Jones would be rebooted with a new actor, such as Chris Pratt, mm -hmm. uh, Marshall made clear last year in an interview with Total Film Magazine that those were false, saying Lucasfilm was not doing the Bond thing where we're going to call somebody else Indiana Jones. There's only one Indiana Jones, and now we'll know he'll be back a fifth time. So if he lives that long, if yeah. he lives that long, but not only that, but I mean, I'm sorry. I want to see the Han and Chewie movie. I don't really want to see Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. And they have confirmed that this will be, there will be an anthology Star Wars film about Han and Chewbacca's first meeting. Yeah. But see, that's young. No, I want to see like Han and Chewba Chewbacca after Darth Ren had his, or Kylo, whatever the hell his name, Ben, had his little breakdown and went off and got all evil. And he's like, well, lay him out of here then. Yep. And him and Chewie go off to, like, rob pirates and stuff. Like, that's the, <laughs> the movie I want to watch. Space Don't pirates. hold your breath. Yeah. No, I know. It's not going to happen. Um, but this is happening. Yeah. It apparently. could always happen. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I, I think Harrison Ford is a lot more interested in Indiana Jones than he is Han Solo. Mm, too bad. Well, I mean, I mean, he made he made a great Indiana Jones. It's yeah, just, no, he was. Yeah, he was fantastic, and he was the most interesting part of Kingdom of the Crystal yep. Skull. Unfortunately, that's sure. not, that's not saying much. Um, no. Mm -hmm. uh, but even then, that one he just it felt old. Yeah, like, he felt 
Like you could just kind of see like he's a little slow. It's kind of like watching uh, Sean Connery in, oh, the one, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Like his fight scenes, you're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, just a, a, a complete tangent here. Mm-hmm. Did did a bulletin go out and like all the old WoW radio regulars are like showing up in the IRC? Wow, so Almighty Farseer, Kexman, Dunkirk. Hi, uh, oh, <laughs> how you wow. guys doing? Been a while. Um, uh, now I'm feeling old, but welcome uh, to the ongoing <laughs> adventures of Casually Hardcore in its current form. Uh, say. Hasn't been about WoW for quite a while. (laughs) But these are people just originally from the WoW Radio family. I know. Still exist, whether we're doing the WoW thing or not. It's mine. Give me. And we're we're, we're massively between expansions on WoW, so there's nothing to talk about there. No, no. Look at my video feed. See what we've got. Yes. I have the uh, extremely rare Grunty uh, one from... uh, BlizzCon 2006? Yep. That was the one um, in like Vegas in a back Yes. Yeah. Still, still sitting above my TV. Yeah. Um, now, I will say on a quick gaming tangent, the Division is really good. Okay. It's a lot of fun. It looks really good. So you're, you are liberating New York, are you? I have liberated the crap out of New York. Now I'm trying to liberate people of their good Fattens. guns. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my main yeah. issue right now is I want to liberate them of good guns so I can actually tackle some of the hard, or challenging missions, I guess is the Which final. reminds me of my character that I'm playing in Fallout because I like liberating people of pretty much anything yeah, they carry exactly. on themselves. So. Yeah, same difference. Well, speaking of console gaming, that, that segues yeah. nicely into one of our... Sh- our news items. So in this last week, we got a very interesting announcement from Xbox Live, where they have fired a shot across the bows of developers saying, we are opening Xbox Live cross-platform play to anyone who wishes to dev for it. Right. Which is sexy as hell. Um So this opens up the, the possibility for play between console versions of games and Windows versions and other gaming consoles. Realistically, yep. only PS4 because the Wii U, not really a player in the current gen. No. Um, and it, it's very interesting to watch the press releases from Xbox, Microsoft, and Sony because Sony has since come out with a kind of a response um, mm-hmm. press release where neither of them very carefully names the other. Right. But they basically say, well, of course our platform is open to for developers to develop cross-platform play between other gaming environments and our gaming environment. Yeah. This well, is, if, if this turns into what it appears to be, this is an unadulterated win for PC gamers who will absolutely annihilate any console gamer who attempts to play a first-person shooter against them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably, yeah. No, it's, case, it's been demonstrated. But... There, there have been tests where they have tried gamepad 
play versus mouse keyboard play. And for first-person shooters, the keyboard mouse is simply a superior interface. Sure. And I can actually kill people with a keyboard and mouse. I can't right. even like turn around with the Right. It's it's even even really good gamepad players just can't respond quickly enough to a keyboard mouse player on a more powerful gaming rig that is updating the network faster than the console can. So it's a combination of a really well-equipped PC gaming rig plus just the ergonomics of a keyboard and mouse configuration, it's, it's going to be a slaughter every time between uh, equally skilled players on a gamepad versus keyboard and mouse. So first-person shooters, this is maybe not necessarily good news for, but there's plenty of other game types. And Rocket League is mm-hmm. mentioned very prominently in all of these articles just because it's one of the, I think, first that's going to go for this. And it's one that doesn't really benefit terribly from the keyboard-mouse combo. Um, no. Because it, it's a vehicle-based football, basically, or, or uh, excuse me, soccer. world football, soccer. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, when I play on the computer, I use an Xbox One controller. Because it just suits the game better. Yeah, it's a better, better, better. But I'm almost certain that it's already happened because I'm pretty sure I was playing, and I was on the computer, and I saw it tells me when somebody's on a different on like PS4 up to now, but I thought I saw that there was Xbox people in my game as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, obviously if a developer says, well, we're going to put a server up and we're going to ensure that anything that comes in the server can talk to each other, you basically have then, yeah, Xbox and PS4 crossplay. Right. The article or the, the, the press release from uh, Microsoft says, uh, sure you know, where to go? I was just looking at it. My God, my brain is is old. Um, where did it go? My well, God. I mean, the cross network play in there is mentioned that it uh, obviously supporting cross play between Xbox One and Windows Ten games that use right, Xbox that's, Live. That they're talking about Rocket League being one of the first to enable yeah plat- uh, console to yep. Windows. Play. We're thrilled to confirm that Cyanix's Rocket League will be one of the first games to take advantage of the new capability by enabling cross-network play between the Xbox One and PC players with an open invitation for other networks to participate. As Error well. quotes, other networks. Other networks. Yeah. PS4. Right. So it's, and again, it's it's really, it's up to the developers. They want to enable yeah. it, then yeah, you can have so the door cross-network play, which would be great for games like Destiny, The Division, those type of games that have a lot of co-op to them, yep. to yeah. where you need to find a group. It's much easier if you have that much bigger pool of players. Uh, so yeah, that's that's exciting. But I, I don't know, I don't know how many are going to happen that are only console. Like Destiny is only a console game. I don't know that you'll see Bungie going. Yeah, we're going to have these two t- consoles talk to each other. I Sony may push back on that, especially well, considering how much, like specifically for that game, how much Sony has exclusive or time locked uh, content for it. Right, and, mm. I, and I'm curious. So I could see them pushing that, but anything that's actually on the PC, and this goes in hand in hand with an announcement Xbox made, sorta. They didn't really announce it, but they mentioned the fact that, you know, in the future they could see if you buy a game for a console or a PC, they would just give it to you for the other thing. Right. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so looking forward to the future. I mean, I look at games that are about to release, like Overwatch. Sure. Yeah, as a possible candidate for them to go in and retrofit. But even something like Diablo 3, yeah. where 
there's plenty of co-op opportunity there, and and the, yep. and the console version is could be adapted. I mean, the, the they they were out of sync for a while there, where the new loot system was right. introduced on the console first, and then retro added to the PC yeah. version. But they're pretty much in parallel right now. So I'd be yep. very curious to see if they they would uh, go back and patch an existing game to enable this, or only do it in a going forward uh, fashion. We'll see. But I don't the know. fact that it's there, so. that the API is now open, yeah. and the devs can tap into it, I think is, is uniformly a good thing. It yeah. might um, depend on how popular the older game is, too. You know, if it's something that people are still playing. Diablo 3 is, is pretty strong. Um, I, I play it regularly. It's, it's yeah, my regular go-to games. Considering how bad it started... Yeah, that's true. It's, I See, really I, hope. I didn't start until after the auction right. house was patched out, so I've never, I don't have that bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, well, you've had a start of that. I mean, if you started post uh, Reaper of Souls, you're, you're in the happy land. Yeah, I started with Reaper of Souls. So. Yeah, it was so good when that launched. Like, <laughs> so I, I only have the warm fuzzies. Right. Um, so, you know, and I hope other games, I mean, I hope Destiny learns from that. I even hope The Division kind of follows that type of, let's keep supporting it, let's keep adding stuff out there and listen to the player base. Because much like Dev Destiny, Division has a really good core gameplay mechanic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but And in the case of Ubisoft, they're actually came into it with a little more thought that we're a role-playing game or at least a loot-based game, whereas Destiny kind of fought against that for its first year. Yeah, well, then it became a totally different game. Right. Um, and I, I'm looking at Blizzard just because it, one of the other news items this week that I didn't put in the spreadsheet was that Blizzard also released a patch for Diablo 2 right. for the first time in five years to update it to play nice with modern operating systems and deal with some of the... So they have demonstrated a willingness to support older titles in Diablo 3. Not that old, really, so I would be curious no. to see if they, if well, they, if they jump yeah. up. Yeah. Not that old, but... I mean, it's, it's, Not yes, compared it's, to it's, two. It's sure. old in computer years, yes. Yes. Uh, it's, it's almost, you know, Cretaceous at this point, but they're still issuing patches, and we'll, we'll see. Yeah, no, it's it's a good, and, but I mean, Diablo two still is crazy popular. Yeah, it still has a really avid yeah. player base, and uh, so they they patched it to play well with the sixty four bit modern That's OSs good. and play better with OS ten on the Mac side, so people don't have to keep playing on Power PC. Which, right. uh, yeah, no, they don't do those anymore. Yeah. Um, so, moving on to. The strangeness that is Twitch creative. <laughs> oh, oh, Julian Child has been chosen as the next PBS star to get a Twitch marathon. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, when Twitch came into being, it was originally an extension of a site called Justin.tv. Right. <laughs> Justin.tv was a weird thing. It originally started out with a dude basically wearing a webcam, a guy named Justin, wearing a webcam through his daily life, and then turned into a streaming service where other people could use it for streaming their webcams. Then a gaming-centric version called Twitch came into being, and then they shut down Justin.tv and said, right. we're all about just gaming because it appears to be a thing. And now they've kind of come full circle where they're saying, well, no, we want to embrace all people who want to create videos. So we're going to create something called Twitch Creative, 
which is essentially justin.tv under the Twitch banner because because reasons because uh, corporate America is weird. And when they rolled out Twitch Creative, they did this interesting thing where they licensed the joy of painting with Bob Ross. Now, if you don't know who Bob Ross is, just imagine happy little trees. The white dude with the fro painting happy little cabins and happy little trees. Yep. And now you know who we're talking about because he's <laughs> part of our group consciousness. Oh, yeah. They are now going to move on to uh, the French chef and cooking with Julia Child, another old school PBS mm -hmm. series. And they're going to marathon that in the same spirit of marathoning Bob Ross as they did with The Joy of Painting. I have a hard time not getting completely behind this just because it is so weird. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. I mean, it's stuff I grew up, you know, half watching, especially Julia Child. Right. I wasn't super interested in it as a kid, but, you know, it's something my parents would have on. So I'm familiar with it. And I remember her boozing it up while making yeah. her dishes. Yeah, of sherry. And anybody who likes to cook, yeah. I mean, she was the... Probably the she was the first celebrity known. chef. Yeah, she's yeah. the yeah. proto yeah. proto celebrity chef on whose coattails the Emeralds and the Food TVs and the Alton Browns and Guy sure. Fieri's have, have built their empires. Yep. Um, but she's so wonderfully old school. I mean, you want to talk about yeah. hipster, right? Yeah. This is hipster in its purest form. No kidding. It's not, it's not just cooking. It's French cooking, mm -hmm. 60s and 70s style uh, production values. And yet, it's completely applicable to today in the same way that Bob Ross is. Mm -hmm. Oil painting has not enjoyed you know, major evolutions in technology. No. no. You still paint the way you have painted since the 10th century. Right. Similarly, French cooking... Classical French cooking, based in the classical styles, is not something that has evolved. They're not, we're talking about molecular gastronomy or anything. No, this is old school. Butter you know, and cream. Butter, cookie. cream, yep. and bottles of wine and wine. braising for days at a time. Yeah. And yeah. wee nips of sherry because it's Julia Child. Right. So I can weirdly totally see why this will be as successful and well-received as Bob Ross was because of its, it, because it makes no sense whatsoever, and yet it's still totally entertaining to watch. Oh yeah, in its own unique, uh, retro awesome way. Yep. So this article just it made me smile stupidly for reasons yeah. I can't even describe. Well, I mean, it just and then you just like when will the Mister Rogers Neighborhood Marathon it's happen? A beautiful yeah. Day. Feed the fish. That's right. Well. Yep. I loved Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. What's not to love? It was the best. It's His sweaters were awesome. Really cool. Uh, like, PBS themselves produced, like, these kind of, like, techno remixes yeah. of Bob Ross and of uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Rogers. And they're, like, really good. <laughs> it's like, oh, that makes me feel so sad. I miss <laughs> that. It is a weird and wonderful world we live in. That's all yep. I can say about that. Ah. Uh, so, if you are a Trekkie, 
or trekker or however you wish to define yourself. Uh, you may have been paying attention to the strange happenings in the fan film zone. Um, CBS slash Paramount, the, of course, the intricately entwined owners of the rights to the various versions of the Star Trek franchise that can be published, have actually been kind of the poster child of tolerance and acceptance alongside Lucasfilm of fan-created, inspired uh, video series or one-offs. Um, however, one creator has kind of crossed the line and pushed the envelope on the Star Trek side of things. So there is a, probably at this point we can probably say was, there was a fan film in production called Star Trek Axanar that instead of doing an original production inspired by Star Trek, where they'd say, yes, we are in the Star Trek universe, we're going to create our own ship, our own characters, instead started like hiring actors who appeared in Star Trek TV series and Star Trek films. And more importantly, got a little creative with the old bookkeeping where they weren't necessarily demonstrably not for profit anymore. Because CBS Paramount was always like, as long as you don't make money off of it, you're just doing it for the joy of the universe, great, we're hands off. This one seems to have set off their alarm bells of, um, they're building a studio with profits from their crowdfunding and all of the money is not going into just the creation of the film. It's going into people's buildings and their studios that they're using for other things. And this is now a profit center. This is now a copyright violation. And they had the initial salvo of Paramount saying, okay, we are giving you a cease and desist because you have crossed the line. You are not a fan film. You are a for-profit production using our intellectual property. And previously when this kind of thing has happened, that's usually been the end of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not this time. This particular producer said, No! We have the fans on our side. How dare you try and shut us down? And they basically said, we'd like you to show us in detail how you think we're violating your copyright and your intellectual property. To which Paramount said, oh, yeah? And fired back with a, I think, 28-page tome of... Here's all the ways on our very first pass of looking at what you've published in which you are directly violating our copyright. And it's not looking good for the old Star Trek Axanar at this point. <laughs> no. no. I mean, it's pretty It looks obvious, pretty I mean. bad. Not only that, but I mean, if it's one thing if you had, you know, justice on your side <laughs> yeah. or you were fighting the good fight, but... And you brought up like points that were tangent or, or tangible points. Right. In this case, they're basically just saying, "Well, well, prove to us that you you uh, that we violated your copyrights, 
And, mm. you know, Paramount's kind of a big deal. And they, they kind of have... I'm sure they have lawyers on Teams staff. of lawyers. <laughs> like, okay, you need us to do some lawyering? We got this. And the SmackDown came. Uh, yeah, it's not... Th- th- what I'm afraid of is that legitimate fan productions right. like Star Trek Continues might get caught in the backlash. Yeah, because they're basically going to say, I'm sure their lawyers are telling them, you need show, to show tighten them up. Down. Yeah, you need to tighten this up. It's right. always one bad apple that ruins it for everybody yeah. else. Which basically. pisses me off because Star Trek Continues is a wonderfully retro. Have you, have you watched Star Trek Continues at all? No. no. Check it out when you can. StarTrekContinues.com. It is literally a continuation of the original series with all the production values and set designs and costumes, acting and script writing in keeping with the original series. Oh, nice. So all the things that were good about the original series and all the things that were bad about the original series are preserved. That's cool. And it is remarkably watchable. Huh. And they're literally kind of finishing off the the five year mission story arc that didn't didn't get a chance right. to be completed when the the series was canceled. Yeah, um, and they've scored some fun things where they have James Doohan's son playing yeah. Scotty, so inheriting his father's role. Mm-hmm. They have Grant Imahara from MythBusters uh-huh. playing Sulu. Cool. Um, they have Vic Mignola, who is well known for voice acting in the anime sphere. He's done things like um, Full Metal Alchemist and, and some fairly high profile productions. Doing a really good Shatner. Hmm. I think the only the only one I don't like the guy that got to do Bones. I like um, the guy from the Carl reboot. Carl Urban. Carl Urban. His I like his version of Bones a lot better than this guy. Who doesn't like Carl Urban? I do him. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Inside voice. <God> uh. <laughs> um, but I'm, my fear is that the backlash against Axnar will, will scoop up these these mm. true fan creations that are obeying the rules. So I'm, I'm hoping they were able to keep it in check. But the article... <laughs> They, they picked one of the 28 items, or one of the items from the 28 pages, basically saying, the Star Trek film infringes copyright on the Klingon language. Mm-hmm. Now, with Star Trek Three, when they did uh, Search for Spock, they hired linguists to actually create a fully realized Klingon language. So when you see... Um, God, who's the actor from Back to the Future played Doc Brown? Um, Christopher Lloyd. Yep. In full Klingon do speaking Klingon. That's just just random crap. They actually took the time to make a functional language. And since then, they've published books like Conversational Klingon, where you can actually basically learn the basics of, of Klingon. And those are copyrighted works, and they're using those in action arts. That's one of the points that Paramount has fired back with is, uh, yeah, you're using the language we created and copyrighted in your show without our permission. So here's, but it allows us to have article titles like Paramount Claims Crowdfunded Star Trek Film Infringes Copyright to Klingon Language because this is where we've arrived this far into the 21st century. Um, yeah. 
So from the article on HollywoodReporter.com, as promised, the lawsuit launched by Paramount Pictures and CBS over Axanar, a fan-funded Star Trek film, is boldly glowing places no man or Klingon has gone before. As the Klingons say, I'm not going to print, I'm not going to try to say that. No, I'm too tired. <laughs> um, there you go. Um, so yeah, the Star Trek right shoulders have sued producers led by Alec Peters. And they, they, if, when, if you look at the stuff they put out for Axanar, it looks totally awesome, but it also looks like, hey, you're using exact characters from Star Trek Enterprise in this, and you're using exact ships and things, and uh, instead of being inspired by, right. you yep. are using the stuff that has been in TV series and films, and that's where they have to draw the line. Right. 48 pages of it. The logos. 48, not 28. Logos. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 48 pages. Lot. If you actually go into the document, it has pictures of all the infringements. And yeah. Yep. It's got the Klingon logo, the Federation logo, the uh, uh, costumes. The, yeah, the Alpha Memory logo, which is a tiny, tiny little logo. It's yep. got everything. Wow, that's a lot of uh, lot oh, going yeah. on. They asked for it. They, they, yeah. they tried to throw down a gauntlet saying, oh, yeah. And Paramount CBS said, yeah. Even the, even the Vulcan planet. Because it looks exactly the same as the Vulcan planet picture used in yeah. Star Trek. Mm, yeah, they should Not so good. No. I don't no. think this is going to end well for Axanar. I, no, I hope it doesn't so. scoop up the, the, the people who have decided to play by the rules with them. I hope uh, not. Oh, nerds are weird things. We are, we are strange. Speaking of strange, um, so no? we now live in a world where social media accounts and streaming accounts are or can be major things. Just ask PewDiePie. Jeez, yeah. just looking at the divorce lawyers and how they've inserted themselves into this. So we have our first high-profile instance of part of the, uh, the, the, the assets of a household that were divvied up during a contentious divorce were a streaming, a Twitch account and social media accounts that were given to the spouse who was not the streamer in question. So spouse A built the personality, built the streaming, built the streaming empire, built the Twitch and social media accounts and spouse B won them in the settlement and apparently went off and sold them to someone else. I know. That's the yep. worst move ever. And apparently the, the sale, according to the article, this, the idea of selling the developed follower base to a third party was something that both parties in the marriage had come up with together. It just got proceeded forward with after the divorce by the person who wasn't the on-air personality. And suddenly, new lady turns up on old lady's streaming account and social media accounts and tries to act like nothing weird is going on. And no, I'm, I'm this person now. I am ARA gaming. And yes, let's just move forward. And no, I can't talk about that because I'm bound by a non-disclosure agreement. And it's just weird. <laughs> but apparently, 
this is going to be a thing going forward where the sale and trading of developed follower bases may become a thing. And in addition to the sale and trading will be the divvying up of such things during divorce proceedings. But people who follow things like Twitch, I mean, let's say people who follow PewDiePie. Right. If he was no longer on there. You would think. You would think that they would be like, uh, unless the new dude was completely As awesome, good. yeah, yeah, people would would flee in droves. Well, but then if the new dude was that awesome, wouldn't he already have his own Twitch channel with his own well, followers? Here, here's the well, thing. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I guess in response to that, there's the possibility that, especially when you're talking about that type of uh, empire, mm-hmm. you could possibly get somebody that already has their own followers and just mm-hmm. have them come over because of the amount of money that would be involved. Right. 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 So, you know, it's, it's possible that that could happen. It's a, about assigning the value to the existing follower right. base where if you are confident in your talents, would you take starting from zero and trying to build a viewer base versus jumping in and trying to retain as many of an existing follower base as possible if you're confident that you're good? Right, so no, it may be I, worth the money to you to say, I'm going to buy these 40,000 followers and hope to keep 20,000 of them instead of the long slog of building from zero to 20,000. And well, that's the thing, is you have to hope to keep that many. And the question also is, is, is was this or is this channel one of the ones you actually have to pay for? Because right. yeah. if it's just simply somebody went in there and clicked subscribe, chances are nobody's going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's a different person. I now right. must unsubscribe. Right. A lot of them are just going to leave it there because they probably forgot they subscribed in the first place. Now, Bingo. if it's one that's actually charging a monthly fee, that's then a whole yeah, other, like, that's a whole different. That's a whole other boat. Yeah, right, I think right. like most services that allow you to charge forbid you to sell it. So that shouldn't be a thing going forward. But this, was, this one just struck me as. Yeah, but what if, what if it's a divorce thing? So right. let's say and I'm legally that, entitled. The judge said this is mine now. Right. Yeah. So and that's what happened in this instance. But um, let's say they don't sell it. But let's say the wife is the one that that plays all the games, and right. in the divorce, the husband gets this account. Right. Which appears to be what happened in this case, where then he yep. sold it to another woman. Yeah, but then he doesn't sell it because you said in in cases where they pay, right. they're, they're not, not allowed, allowed to, sell to sell it. So right. here, that's where we get weird. Yeah. yeah, where it would just be a vindictive thing. Well, I'm going to take the, that away from you, and you have to start over from scratch. <laughs> and exactly. Which is why I say, well, the internet is pretty resilient, and they will find the person they want to find, and she will be back on her feet overnight. Oh yeah. yeah especially with a story are. like this, probably they probably would emerge with more followers with a story like this. My husband stole my media account. Here's my new one. Follow me now. <laughs> one good Reddit front page post, and they've tripled their. <laughs> Sure. Followers. So. Yep. True. True. This was just was what a strange, strange place we've arrived at where on air personalities are this big of a thing. Mm hmm. Sure. Uh, we've observed many, many times over the years on this show of the lowering bar of, you know, the, the, the cost of access to things like video streaming and audio streaming and just publishing your work is getting lower and lower and easier and easier, which sure. leads to two things. 
discovering really talented people who may have never gotten a shot under the old old media empires and a crap ton of really lousy shit that people put out because it's easy for them to do. Right. So at, at, at once we have a wealth of content and a wealth of content to have to dig through mm-hmm. to find the That's, good stuff. Um, so I, The market sorts it out. Yeah. Just learn to search really well. Yeah. And this is where Google builds their empire. We're mm-hmm. going to help you sort through the chaff to find yeah. the wheat. Um, chaff it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a funny old world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've had the recent, recent triumph from 20th Century Fox. That was the Deadpool film. Yes. Yeah. That far and away has been one of the most profitable because they didn't spend a lot of money on it. Right. Uh, comic book movie adaptations. Looking forward to, and we've had the interesting story of the, the X-Men franchise under Fox's care. Where X-Men, if you look, was one of the premier original comic book movie success stories. Really, after Blade, it was the first big adaptation that was really immediately successful. Yeah. Because it was the it was, it was Brian Singer, it was treated with respect, it had a decent budget, and it was right. really well cast and was just tons of fun. It was one of those rare instances where the sequel was arguably better than the original. We won't speak of the third one. <laughs> um, so it, and this is the weird roller coaster ride we've been on with the X Men franchise, where we had X Men great, X Two really great. X3, uh, what happened? X-Men Origins Wolverine, ah! And X-Men First Class. Oh, what an interesting uh, reboot and retake on this idea. And Days of Future Past. Wow, they kludged together the best elements of X2 and First Class. This is sexy as hell. And the Wolverine movies, pretty routinely, with with the exception of Origins, so the Wolverine, great the Wolverine, yeah. Um, and they they took the the great, you know, Japan saga from Logan's story run That's and adapted it. all the great parts of it. And okay, so now we're looking at okay, Brian Singer has returned. He has done his great retcon that was X Men: Days of Future Past, where he strategically and awesomely erased all the shit from the X-Men movie franchise in a way that totally works from a story pit standpoint. And now they have reset everything to the younger cast from X-Men First Class, and they're doing their first full standalone where the X-Men story is moving forward solely with the younger cast, with X-Men Apocalypse. And we have just gotten our second trailer from that. Did you guys have a chance to watch it? Because it released shortly before yes. the show. Yes. What are your feelings? Uh, I was very happy with the trailer. Yeah, I really like the trailer. I think they did a great job. I think Storm looks great. I think Angel or Archangel looks great. Um, I I like that they're using Quicksilver, too. Yeah. He was a really Same actor character. from Days of Future Past, which was mm-hmm. awesome. Yes. He was a great, great character in the last one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it all looks really good. I'm even, I'm, I'm okay with uh, Apocalypse. He's yeah. a little weird, but I'm okay with him. 
It's, it's Poe Dameron. Um, yeah. Same actor. No, I mean, you can't I would tell. They would seem to indicate that he does have access to the alien technology. They, did. Yes. they had a very clear scene in there where yeah. he seemed uh-huh. to be getting his armor up from highly advanced tech while yep. still being in ancient Egyptian times. Like, okay, they're going to stick with that storyline. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm more jazzed by this trailer than it was in the previous one. The previous one I was like, I, oh, uh, hmm. and just the, the apocalypse wasn't doing it because, for me. Because he was tiny too. Yeah. I know you had an issue with him being tiny. He's not so tiny in this trailer. Right. No. Um, they, 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 uh, highlight his size changing ability where he's bitch slapping somebody in the X-Men mansion. Yes. Um, what actually stood out to me was I got a better look at their rendition of Psylocke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had issues with what they've done to Psylocke in the comic series. I like the original uh, Betsy Braddock version of Psylocke before they went all transplanting her psyche into super sexy ninja woman. And they're going directly to super sexy ninja woman Olivia Munn version in this one. She mm-hmm. looks great as super sexy ninja woman. She looked pretty freaking badass in this trailer. Yep. Yeah. Um, they gave her the the telekinetic blade and the katana and like, okay. I haven't heard her open her mouth yet in any of these trailers, but as far as from an action standpoint, looks pretty awesome as one of the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, she looks great. We get to see Angel in his angel and archangel forms in this one. Uh, Magneto willingly giving himself over to be one of the horsemen in Apocalypse's um, entourage and Storm just being badass Aurora. And it's, it, they seem to be, I mean, this is set in the 80s. Right. So they've, yep. they've gone from the 70s of the, so they're, they're following the timeline of first class very nicely. 60s mm-hmm. with first class, 70s with Asia Future Past, 80s for uh, Apocalypse. So we see them, dis- it looks like they're discovering Aurora Storm for the first time yeah. mm-hmm. via Apocalypse. So they're, they're retconning, they're redesigning the history, but I oh, think sure. it really w- seems to work for this one. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they're all left at the, at the end of things. They had a, a few bits that featured Nightcrawler very nicely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm hoping they continue the badassery that they established in X2. With Kurt, um, well, I mean, it, it depends where he's at age-wise. Right, he, he looks seems younger. quite young. He's very young. Yeah. Seems he's got the bright red jacket that's kind of a nice homage to his yeah. costume. Yes, yeah. Uh, and um, you know, could just be a Michael Jackson jacket. Like, beat it. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So, one question though: when uh, Professor Xavier is, you know, in Cerebro, and there's this big white light coming out of, or big bright. Orange shooting light. That's, orangey that's, that's light. That's Havoc standing in front of him. Yeah. That's what I, I'm like. Who is standing in front that's of Havoc. him? Havoc. Okay. Um. Yeah, Scott's that's Cyclops' yeah. brother. Um, doing something. It's not yeah. clear. Yeah, that was an interesting one where they're either in Cerebro and he's sh- shooting at something in Cerebro, and Cerebro is just a psychic amplifier. So what the right. hell is uh-huh. there to shoot at in there? Um. But yeah, Havoc, that, 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 that appears to be Havoc. Um. I no, I went back and said, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, uh, it's it, the it, only it, part that I was a little confused about, but yeah, everything else looks really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
Sansa Gray, uh, I'm not so sure about. What's wrong with her? She's cute. She has red hair. What yeah. do you want out of Jean Grey? Seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see where, because part of the MacGuffin of this movie is, this is Xavier 2.0 who has the knowledge from the future, mm-hmm. from Days of Future Past, to not screw things up. And one of the things they horrifyingly screwed up with X-Men United was the Phoenix story. So I want to see how they're handling Jean Grey this go-round. Are they no longer doing the, you must suppress the internal Phoenix, who is not not a cosmic force, but is in fact just your dual personality, or are they going a very different place with it? Uh, And and drawing on better stories from the Marvel Universe. Um, We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't know, but the, but the Xavier, it's not like Logan gave him the rundown of what he needs to avoid. No, he he basically did a mind meld with his future self, if you recall. Okay, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Futures, you know, Stuart that's Xavier right. met McAvoy right. Xavier across time, and yeah. that's why when Logan came back, everything was different because McAvoy Xavier got warned about here's where we screwed up. And here are the things we need to change to make sure. And that's why everyone's alive and happy. Mm-hmm. Because he's got a new course to be set from his future self of here's things not to do. It's, it's not a perfect exact set of steps. But of let me impart to you the, the major ways in which I got people killed. And then the major ways in which we allowed the Sentinels to dominate us. And they, it obviously worked because the Sentinels weren't a thing, and the changes they made by sending Logan back in time worked. And but you know, Phoenix is alive, Cyclops is alive. They undid all the horror that was X three, mm-hmm. which was part of the purpose of bringing Singer back to correct things. Um, and I think the end isn't the line that he says also, um, where if some uh, what was it God help the man who comes to my house seeking oh, yeah. trouble or something like that. That's straight from the comic books, isn't it? Is it? I really remember that book. line. It is straight. I mean, God help the man who comes to our school looking for trouble. Yeah, because um, that, that was one of my favorite lines from the comic book, yeah. and I'm like, oh, like, that's great. They're, 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 they're using the good stuff. So go check out YouTube has the, you know, 20, just go to the 20th Century Fox section of YouTube, and they are, they are featuring very prominently the new, it's what, uh, May this one comes out? May or June? June for this one. So I don't know. I guess I have to look at Days of Future Past then again because I'm not sure if, if that's the case. If he got a big mind meld, mm-hmm. then why wasn't he like, uh, okay, so in about five years, this ancient Egypt dude's going to come up and he's going to be a really big problem. So let's get on that. Well, let's see if they... Had Apocalypse, th- they, had apocalypse happened before... No, he hadn't, Mendel's. which is what I'm curious about. Because in okay. the original timeline, uh-huh. there was no apocalypse. Okay. So are they going to throw in some kind of little nod to the fact of, oh, yeah, because the Sentinels didn't rise to prominence. This happens. This happens. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see That's possible. if they put a nod in there to say, because you tampered with the timeline, apocalypse woke up early. Right. So I guess then you're still left, though, with the fact that Wolverine does return back to his body at the end of Days of Future Past. He sees the professor. He sees Scott. He sees Gene. Mm-hmm. So obviously they got through this one okay. Right. But, but 
when <laughs> the professor. I mean, you think they'd be like, oh, by the way, so first thing we got to tell you about. The 80s were bad. <laughs> like, really like, bad. Really but bad. they also have, you know, they have Logan and the professor meet, and they both obviously have full memories of their experiences. Right. Because mm-hmm. the professor right. says to Logan, oh, you've just returned. Yeah. Yes. Welcome back. Right. And then he, want, he needs to catch him up, which right, I thought me, was always weird. Yeah. Well, because I, I Logan. I get it, because it's a different timeline. He went like, right, he yeah, skipped, yeah. why? Yeah. He skipped over it. Mm-hmm. So he's he he is Logan who experienced the old timeline inserted into the body of Logan who lived through the new timeline. Right, right. So he's like, no, I know. Uh, I remember everything being horrible, and now everything's cool. What happened? And I'm glad, but tell me what's going on. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm curious well, to see if they just charge forward with the apocalypse storyline, or if they yeah. take the time to say. And this we're in a whole why. new, this is all new, all bets are off because we screwed yeah. with things. So, that, you know, and that's, I would think it would be a good thing for them to say because one of the, the things I hated about Star Trek Enterprise, as an example, of time travel done wrong, oh. was they, the writers felt that the only way for us to feel like there was anything at risk with the just following the storyline of these early pioneers of warp space travel was there have to be this temporal cold war where someone in the future was coming back to screw with the timeline and they couldn't just tell us interesting stories from the early days of Federation exploration. They had right. to tie it into the universe we already loved and say, oh, that's all under threat because these people from the future are coming back to mess with us. Oh, it's like, I am totally uninterested from episode one because you did this. I was coming to watch this series because it was just going to be fun stuff that happened during the early days of the Federation. Great. Tell me new story. Oh, crap. Nope. <laughs> And I really liked Days of Future Past because they avoided a lot of that tropey crap of, yeah. oh, no, we're going to maintain the existing storyline. That's one of the things I actually liked about the Star Trek reboot of 2009 was we're going to very carefully set things up where we say this is a divergent timeline where all bets are off. New stories commence now. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping they continue that with Apocalypse. And don't just and don't pretend like oh no we're back to the old universe and everything is the way it was before. No, refer to what has happened before and continue onward and tell me new interesting things that owe nothing to movies that have already been made. Which yep. is, I totally love that about Days of Future Past. Like yay, all bets are off. Tell me fun stuff. That was awesome. And I went. I'm, I'm going to give you my money again and see it again because I want you to make more like this. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. This one is yeah. definitely on my must-watch. I yep. was I was in the land of uh, before, and this this trailer's got me more in the land of mm, excellent. Bring it to me. Uh, in speaking of things to bring to me, uh, we had talked previously about the Tick television series being revived, right? And previous articles had indicated that Patrick Warburton was on board, which I thought was awesome because his rendition of The Tick I thought was pretty freaking awesome. (laughs) Turns out he's not going to be in the suit. Nope. Oh. Yeah. It's basically the the indication. I'm not a young man anymore, and I can't really do that stuff. 
He is on board as an executive producer, potentially. Yeah. Um, but they will be recasting the lead. And they have not yet announced who it will be. They've announced who will be playing his sidekick, Arthur. Right. Um, and looking at the guy, he looks like he's, he's nerdy enough to, to, to play the role. Um, so Amazon has ordered a pilot. Um, so we just need to watch this one going forward. So, you know, the tick will be returning for at least one more episode. We're hoping that the pilot in the pilot season next go around does well and it gets uh, referred to series like things like The Man in the High Castle and Transparent. Um, but it is a note of sadness where it will no longer be our tick in the suit. Um, and, and I'm very curious to see who they cast um, as the, the, the weird guy in the big blue suit going forward. Well, if you want to get your tick fix, just watch Ted 2. Really? He's in there for a little bit. The tick the is? Tick. Yeah. Yeah. Like Patrick They're Warburton going, as the tick? They go to tick? Comic-Con. Yep. And they have Patrick Warburton in the suit. In a tick suit. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll watch Ted 2 just for that. That was pretty good. It was actually, Ted 2 was really good. I didn't think it was going to be that good. It was, it was pretty, pretty funny. Good. It was yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> that's right. They went to Comic-Con just to pick on people. <laughs> he goes in there with his with his new partner, who's a man. Yeah. Um, and... They uh, they just go on there to pick on nerds. That's, yeah, that's they the go to pick point. on nerds, but they like to dress up when they do it. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. <laughs> now, interestingly, this one this will be it is being billed as a continuation of the existing series. Right. Mm-hmm. So, in the new incarnation, this is from Deadline.com. Uh, the blue suit wearing tick is recovering from a memory loss. He ends up reteaming with Arthur to fight evil. Uh, so it is. They're bringing in a character they didn't do in the original series, which is Arthur's sister, Dot, who mm-hmm. in the animated series and the comic book was a much bigger character. Um, and, I, and I can recommend, if you can get your hands on it, watch the animated series. It is an awesome rendition of The Tick. It was dumbed down slightly for kids, but really not all that much. Most of the weird and the odd that makes the tick awesome is on display um, in full view in the animated series. I think it ran for two and a half or three seasons, and it was really surprisingly good. And they're able to do the original characters from the comic, like Deflator Mouse instead of Batman Well. And the reason they couldn't do Deflator Mouse and... um, uh, I mean, they called her Captain Liberty later, but American Maid was yeah, because American the Maid. rights were tied up with the animated series, so they had to recreate the characters right. with new names for the live-action series. Hollywood, you're weird. Um, yeah. So if you have any interest in funny, weird superhero hijinks, go watch the animated series of The Tick um, in preparation. Which you can find on YouTube. Yes, totally. Um, yeah, it's not available on a lot of the streaming services. It was not, I went looking for it, and it was just not there. You too. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. So Bless you. here's hoping that they find a great actor to carry on uh, the role of the tick. Uh, may they continue to animate his antennae in amusing and interesting ways. And looking forward to this on Amazon. Keep bringing us cool stuff. Cool. Yep. Uh, Speaking of streaming services, just as an aside, 
Someone else is throwing their hat in the ring. Uh, okay. As far as what? A new competitor Stream. for the Netflix and Hulu of the world. Um, Fandango. Known mm. for selling you tickets for movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Are expanding into video on demand. Really? Okay. They have a interesting idea of they want to embrace the entire life cycle of movies. So, so they're doing they're doing more of a they're doing a streaming service. They're not doing like made for shows for their Correct. not yet. This article <laughs> is all about their move into movies. So they want to be with you from they want to show you the trailers when the movie is coming. They want to sell you the tickets for the movie theater and or IMAX when the movie is in theaters. And then they want to sell you the streaming copy that you watch from home, either when you missed it at the theater or when you want to watch it again because you loved it at the theater. Which is, I think, not a bad business model, but we kind of already have Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Neither of which, yes, are selling us tickets or show. They're showing us trailers. Apple yeah. has trailers left, right, and center, and Apple is selling us movies. So, what are you offering that the other guys are not already doing? Is not what I'm seeing here. Now they did buy Rotten Tomatoes. Yep, and they did buy Flickster, which was an existing, which is what they're building their streaming service on top of. Um, so they may pull a dick move and stop allowing other services to incorporate Rotten Tomatoes ratings like you can see on uh, iTunes movies and say, mm-hmm. well, if you want to see the Rotten Tomatoes integration, come on over to Fandango. We'll see. Um, so they're, they're, they're building their empire by buying success stories. I'm just, I'm not seeing here what they're offering that nobody else is. They've, they've got strong um, initial offerings. So they're looking at our initial video on demand offerings will be things like The Hateful Eight and The Revenant. So these are major award winning titles, which will also be available on iTunes and Netflix. So what's yeah. what's your differentiator? What are you doing that nobody else or will it just be one more thing that we subscribe to? I don't I don't know what has me rushing towards yet another streaming service at this stage. I think that seems to be the thing to do now because um Comic-Con is getting their own video on demand. Well, yeah, but why? It's but it's the same thing as like when iTunes took off and suddenly there was 20 different ways to stream music out and there. And how many still. of those still exist? Well, I know, but then, are you kidding me? They're still launching. It's yeah. it's True. still coming up because people look and say, "Wow, that's a way to make money." So, therefore, I am going to uh throw my hat in the ring because I'm sure somewhere there's a business model that shows if you get X number of subscribers, you're in the, you know, the black at that point. So if you look at music, I mean, we had iTunes and then we have services like Pandora and Spotify, which are marginally successful and they're they're both kind of working on how they're going to remain profitable. Yeah. But then you cross over the line, you look at a newer service like Tidal which just seems to be just counting the days until they announce bankruptcy. Well, sure. I mean, it, but this is no different than that. There's no different than people going, wow, MMOs are a way to make money. 
50 guess, different studios guess makes what? an Nobody MMO. Nobody cares about MMOs anymore. Well, I mean, it, they still make they a still lot of money. They still make money. They make yeah, money. Uh, I mean, so wow, it's still just the models money. changed in <laughs> right. a lot of cases, unless your name is Blizzard. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of others have had to go to a different, you know, free to play type models or buy once to play models, but it's still out there, and it's but it's still the same thing. As soon as something gets popular, yeah. people are going to copy it because yeah. they go, "I want some of that pie." That's true. So I guess it remains to be seen was is this Fandango thing soon enough to be a Pandora or is it late enough where it's going to be a title? Well, and it's, I don't know if it's different enough. At least the no. Yeah, that's what, what I'm not seeing is, here is what, what do they have to offer that people aren't yeah. already giving me? Exactly. And it took a little while for us to even understand why Amazon jumped into it because yeah. we were like, eh, you know, there's already, I, there's already you know, iTunes, there's already Netflix. What do I need Amazon for? Oh, they original really have programming heavily invested awesome. in original programming. Oh, and also you can get their app on more than one device. Yes, which is nice. <laughs> Very nice. So they have so. they had strengths to offer, which I'm, I'm not yeah. seeing the strengths in this one yet. Right, right. Well, yeah, I guess this we'll one, have to wait and see. Just yeah. like a lot of things, we kind of have to wait until they're sure. out and look at them and, and evaluate. I guess I would say just like it, it doesn't surprise me that people are trying this, and it won't surprise me when a number of these fail. Yeah, yeah for sure. We and shall we'll, see. We'll see if that's one one or the other. Let's hope there's a couple of good ones out there. So, new trailer for the Warcraft movie. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have time to watch this one? This was another. I one. did. Yep. Yes. I. Is it doing anything for you? I, I mean. <laughs> This has train wreck written over I just, it for me. I'm starting to be really worried about this one. It's been a really long time. That I mean, how long have they been making this? It's been a long time developing. Much delayed. But I don't know. I'm just watching the trailer, and it's just like, ooh, but this has like Name of the King type yes. written all over it to me. But I'd have to say that they did a really great job with the characters, the animation. I of think the, the orcs look very good. Oh they no, look really I, good. The visuals yes. are Individual really good. Pieces of this look really awesome. So they do bits of the the fully CG right. orcs that look completely mm-hmm. at home in the world. Mm-hmm. The shots of Stormwind, like that's freaking Stormwind, and that's that's a. That's a yeah. cool nerd moment. Hey, I've wandered around there with my character. And yet it, it doesn't seem to be adding up to a cohesive whole for me. The magic that, is, is, is weird to me. They, they may I don't have, think they, they, ca- taken they captured long. the magic correctly. Yeah, or, or they just waited too long. Maybe. It's I, Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where... It, it, and it's by Legendary, so... You know, there's definite tones of underworld in there, yeah. I mm-hmm. can see in their preview. But yeah, I think it's right now, everything I've seen so far makes me go, oh boy. <laughs> that <laughs> one I am not planning on seeing in the theater no, at this time. I'm more in the meh category. It could be good. There could be parts that are good. We'll see. It's, it's, they will likely get my mommy money for an initial viewing. And. No. Not mine. <laughs> now, unless they come out with a trailer that really wows me between now. <laughs> no <laughs> pun intended. Between now, then and Dumb now. Because sheesh. 
I don't know. After two trailers, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. Mm, yeah. yeah uh, and as challenging as it is for me to get out and see movies at all right, right, right. now in my life, it, it may become a video-on-demand thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's like I've got too many other movies coming up. I'm not, do we know a release date yet on it? Is it Christmas uh, it's, or It said it right summer? at the end. No, it's, it's, it's a summer movie. Uh, oh, it's yeah. a summer. Yeah. June, June, I mean, June 10th. June 10th? Uh-huh. Oh, no. No, that's not happening. I mean, we got (laughs) Superman versus Batman. There's the X-Men movie. There's Civil War. There's enough. Like, I'm good for the summer. Yeah, this was originally going to... All the things you just named are all superhero movies. I know. This is a completely different... I know. know. But I'll be finishing Game of Thrones, like, the next season of that, and then I have to go to this. Daredevil is about to release. Yeah, well, that's... that's, And... I think the other thing you have to think about, too, is even though we may not see it, we don't play WoW anymore, but That's I can true. guarantee you that the millions of people that do still play WoW we'll sure. would sure. go see it just because it's WoW. Yeah, and you have to go see and it you have because if not, it. you're going to be mocked kick, by your yeah. guild. No, what'll happen is they'll <laughs> just take your legendary weapon away from you if you go see that. They ask you a quiz when you first <laughs> log in about the movie. About the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the, one of the features of the Nest expansion is everyone will have a legendary weapon, not uh-huh. just not just a, a, a no. It will be an artifact weapon. Oh. Okay. And your development over the course of the expansion will be upgrading your artifact weapon. Uh-huh. So maybe it'll be answer these six questions about the Warcraft movie to receive yeah. your artifact weapon. No, yep. you get a green drop. <laughs> Come back uh. after you've seen the film. <laughs> so I could I could see it making money is what I'm trying to say. I can definitely see it making money because of the WoW fanatics that will go and see it. It might make some money. Oh, I'm not saying whether or not it's going to make money. I'm just commenting on whether or not it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, yeah, it just doesn't look good. That's, I think, I think it'll be profitable. I'm not sure if it'll lead any sequels. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Especially considering how long it took to make. How long to it make. took to make. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can't be. They're gonna, I got to feel, yeah, this isn't Deadpool money. They can't be making a lot of to, money. Uh, yeah, to, to fund it. I'm guessing this one yeah. costs some money. Not that Blizzard, no, the, the CG, Blizzard doesn't have a lot. The CG was, was, was spendy. And, and yeah. I mean, the CG demo they showed us of Duratan at BlizzCon last go-around was freaking jaw-dropping. Where when you, this, you have this completely computer-generated, you know, motion-captured, but CG generated orc, you know, with the full tusks, the whole un- unrealistic facial, you know, skull structure, emoting and being totally believable. It was like at that point, I'm like holy crap, they may actually pull this off because you always look at how are they going to do the orcs, how are they going to do the trolls, how are they going right. to do the dwarves the, in the in the way that they do them, you know, stylized in the game. And then they gave us this demo. Oh, here, here's 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 Duratan with frickin' huge tusks, you know, talking about his his new son Thrall. And okay, that was a living creature that just I just watched. They clearly found a real orc and recorded him uh, doing this. <laughs> so if they're able to maintain that level of quality throughout, you know, all the performances of the CG characters. This will be triumphant from a technology standpoint, if nothing else, of making extremely believable, relatable, um, non-real characters. Yeah. Um, the dwarf looked good, too. Yeah, they, they finally gave us a little bit of a dwarf. 
mm-hmm. in this trailer. Looked great. Looked looked like a World of Warcraft dwarf. Absolutely. Um, so they're keeping with the, the 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 stylized versions that they've they've we've all come to love from the game. My fear is they don't appear to be knitting them together into a compelling story. No. And it does appear like it's very disjointed. Like there's yes. lots going on. None of the trailers so far or the or the spots have really told us, okay, there appears to be some kind of vague conflict between humans and orcs. Yep. And that's all and they've the given trolls us. trolls are involved too, though. Yeah. Yeah. There have been kind of flashes of trollish looking critters. Mm-hmm. But there's not been anything more than that. They've they've, they've taken the time in the trailers yeah. to, you know, here's show us the, the beautiful ren- renderings of the orcs talking about things that we don't care about because we're not invested in the story because you haven't told us the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know because because you fresh in my mind is the newest Civil War trailer. Sure. Which fed us all kinds of story beats. But they have the luxury of 17 films leading up to this that they're drawing upon that are already part of our consciousness where we, we know these people. We know Cap. We know Tony Stark. We know Bucky. We know all these people so that they can give us two or three lines that mean a ton to us because they've done their homework of feeding us good movies up until this point. We have none of that from, and they should, because there's all kinds of crap we learned from the game. They should yeah, have been able to build upon it, but they too, didn't. When you think about it, too, um, Fury Road had zero story. Look how many awards it won for its visuals. Yep. So, I mean, Warcraft could just impress with the visuals, and we'll see. people will watch it. I want to be wrong. Same, same way I want to be wrong about Batman v Superman. Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> Um, I want to be wrong about this one. We'll see. You know, I, I feel what I feel. We'll, yep. see, we'll see what we get. It's, it's, these are all bearing down on us in the not-too-distant future. And we'll be talking about them in great spoilery glory on this very show. Like Absolutely. we just did last week with Deadpool, which is such a warm and happy memory. Uh, time to put balls in holes. Good. Rut row. Ah, such an awesome time to be a nerd. It's just, for sure. I was in uh, a part of town for a new client today and drove by a game store that I had not seen before, Desert Sky Gaming, and poked around in there for a little while and just kind of immersed myself in, in the nerddom. There's Is a that in the Santan area? No. Uh, it's Gilbert. Gilberty. Yeah. Okay. It's on on Gilbert. Um, and it was great. They had a, a table full of neck-bearded gentleman playing a zombie-based uh, pen-and-paper role-playing game and the disinterested fedora-wearing dude at the counter. Uh, I was like, ah, my people. Um, <laughs> okay. or, wow. I know. Way to sell it to the I, non-believers. I know, right? <laughs> Screw the non-believers. You get to come people. in a store with neckbeards and a <laughs> douche wearing a fedora. <laughs> yep. Awesome. And that it was completely, like completely <laughs> awesome. Oh, if you don't boy. understand, you never uh, will. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I am one of them. I'm far too old yeah, to actually exactly. be one of them. But I can appreciate what they are going through in their <laughs> young lives. Because I was them at one point. Uh, 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 and then you 
bought a razor? What? Yeah. Essentially, yes. <laughs> Lost his fedora. Lost his fedora. <laughs> Lost my virginity. Anyway. In a uh, tragic role-playing accident. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> It was. It was. I. I don't like to speak of it. It's yeah, exactly. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> and on that bombshell, it's time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think so. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Casually Hardcore. Your, I don't know, ninety-minute uh, departure from reality and immersion in nerdy goodness from middle-aged dorks, which is what we are. Speak for yourself. Yeah, I don't know about you, Fedora man. Um, let's see here. I can see you on video, middle-aged dork and sexy middle-aged dork. So yeah, you oh, got. Yay! <laughs> hey, I'm just saying I can't see. Don't give uh, me a hard time for calling your husband sexy, okay? I can't see gnome, but uh, you don't want you. you, you I'm don't wearing want got got the green on for St. Patrick. I am I wearing a green shirt. Thank you very much, and I see okay, the lovely good. green hairpiece that Dax is sporting. Happy. <laughs> Um, Shamrock Appreciation Day to you all. Uh, wear wear your, your green or your orange proudly today. And find us on the web, because we are out there. Come to the network, Alpha Geek Radio, or Alpha Geek Media, or Alpha Geek Video. It all leads to the same damn place. It's us. Find us on the media that is social. Uh, Google Plus, Google Minus, Bookface, Facebook, um... Just just search for things like Casually Hardcore or Alpha Geek Media. You'll find us. We are on the tweeters. Alpha Geek Radio for the network. Alpha Geek Media for me. Grail C-H for him. That's G-R-A-I-L-C-H. And Daxa C-H for her. That's D-A-K-S-A. Not D-A-X-A. Do not be fooled by the mere pronunciation. D-A-K-S-A-C-H for her. You can send us hate mail and argue with us about the bad and wrong things we have said to the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. If you wish to support the network, find us on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash alphageek. You can listen live or pre-recorded. Just point your mobile web browser from your phone to alphageekmedia.com. It'll automatically redirect you to the mobile app. You can listen to the live streams, video and audio. And also do on-demand audio and on-demand video. It's all there. Check it out in all of its glory. You can also use the TuneIn app if you want to do just the mobile audio stream. Uh, Supported on a ridiculous number of devices, up to and including uh, smart refrigerators. And no, I'm not kidding. (sighs) In the meantime, if that wasn't nerdy enough for you, I got nothing more for you. And I have been GnomeWise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. And... We are, in fact, out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.